This morning we're going to talk about renewing your vision. The next few weeks we're going to talk about vision. And Jonathan had sent me this graphic right here. And, and this is actually, uh, you're going to see a graphic similar to this. I had sent him this. I said, I want this in the, in the PowerPoint. And he sent this and he says, well, did you notice what it said? And I thought it was what I sent to him. And I says, well, that's the first time I noticed that. He says, no, that's the title page. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so restoring our vision is the title page. You know, I, I wondered, why do they call it 2020 vision? Okay, I'm not from the medical field, but uh, I, inquiring minds wanted to know. And how many know that you can find out about anything nowadays? Yeah, just get on the internet and you can find out. Even if it's not true, you can find it out. <laughs> Well, here's what I found out. That when you go into an optometrist's office, you see a chart like that one, okay? And the line eight there is the 2020, 20, there's the, the blow up of it. That's a, the 2020 blow up of line eight, okay? And, and what this means is that the optometrist would seat you or you'd stand 20 feet from the chart. Now, exam rooms aren't 20 feet anymore. So doctors utilize a mirror uh, set up to simulate the distance of 20 feet. If you have good vision, you can read that line from 20 feet away without any problem. That's 20-20 vision. Now, if you had better than average vision, let's say 2010 vision, then that would be the same as you seeing a line lower on the chart, which is smaller at 20 feet, where the person with average vision would uh, uh, not be able, they would be, have to be at 10 feet to see that. So 2020 vision is very important to a lot of people. I mean, a lot of us don't have 2020 vision, so, um, we get corrective lens, either glasses or contacts, because we want to be able to see things that are important to us. You know, like a sign that says stop ahead. You know, we want to see that, right? I mean, I was at the eye doctor not too long ago, and she was pretty happy with my, uh, my eyesight because she could correct my vision to 2020 with corrective lens. Well, this is the year 2020. What a great time to talk about vision. So what, what is the vision that we should have as a church? What is the vision that we should have as Christians? What should be the measure of a perfect 2020 eyesight in 2020? Well, the answer has got to be Jesus. I mean, he's the measure of perfect vision. I mean, Hebrews 12, 2 says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So my question for you today is, how is your vision? Or do you lack vision? I mean, listen to what the writer of Proverbs says. Where there is no vision, the people perish. I love the way the Message Bible says this. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. In other words, if we lose sight of God's purpose, we are spiritually blind. 
without being too simplistic, the church exists to make disciples. We are to lead lost people to a saving relationship with Jesus, and we are to teach those who are saved how to become mature followers of Jesus. The mission of the uh, Jesus Church is reach the lost, disciple the saved. It's a mission that has never changed, and it will never change. So, Today we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, before we get into that, I, I just want you to know, before you were saved, before you knew Christ as your personal Savior, you were under the shadow of Satan. At least that's what the scripture tells us. So let's read this in uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the mind of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Friends, unbelievers are spiritually lost. They're living life in darkness because of the evil one. They are spiritually stumbling through life a day at a time. But God has provided an answer to Satan's blinding schemes. How can these people lost in darkness experience the gospel light that penetrates the soul? Well, let's take a look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. God's answer for the spiritual darkness of the lost world is you and me. It's us. We are his answer. I mean, his... Uh, his answer is those who have, who have made Jesus Christ Lord. You know, the church, that's us. We become servants who reflect the light of Christ. You see, I'm starting your notes now if, if you're following along with your notes. We don't go around preaching about ourselves is what Paul said. So the light doesn't shine if we preach ourselves. Paul did not preach the doctrine of his own devising. He did not set himself up Lord over people, over faith, over people's consciences. He did not uh, preach his own agenda like the false teachers of his time did. Selfishness and self-focus can become some of the greatest reasons we start to lose our vision as Christians. You see, any time something becomes ours, it stops being his. God said, let there be light in the darkness. So another reason why the light doesn't shine is if we only let our light shine in a well-lit room. Now, what is Paul uh, talking about when he gives us this statement, let there be light in the darkness? Well, it goes way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Here's what it says, let there be light. 
and there was light. And God said that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. You see, light penetrates darkness. Light reveals what is good. Light is more powerful than darkness. You know, there's only one place in the scriptures that I read the light couldn't penetrate the darkness. And that's in Exodus when the 10 plagues came against Egypt. One of them was darkness. They could light a candle or a lamp and it wouldn't penetrate through the darkness. You see, only God can keep light from penetrating through the darkness. Now, John's gospel says that the light of creation came as the spiritual light that gives eternal life to a dark and dead world. Listen to what it says. It says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created. He didn't stay in heaven. He came to this earth so that we could shine his light. This world can't receive the light of Christ if we don't live out his grace and his truth in the darkness. What happens when we, when we let our lights shine while we're just in church? Wouldn't that be like shining a flashlight in a light room? I mean, we've all had power failures, right? Yeah, we've, what do we do? We get out a flashlight or we light a candle or a lantern because we don't have electricity. But you know, if I were to shine my light in this room, it would do absolutely no good. I, I can't even see it. Oh, there it is. There's the light right there. It's, it's up there, but you can hardly see it. And see, if we just let our light shine while we're in church, what good is that? Hi, how are you doing today? Oh, your light and your life is shining wonderful. But they can't even see the illumination of it that good in church because we need to be out where the darkness is and shine our light in the darkness because that's what God has called us to do. Well, church should be a place where we recharge our battery, so to say. We can shine his glory in our everyday lives and the relationships that we have. We can say, say it like this. Every Sunday, we must get a renewed vision so that we don't lose our sight Monday through Saturday. We must let our light shine because people are trapped in the darkness of the evil one. When our vision gets worse than 2020, we begin to blend in with the darkness instead of illuminate the darkness. Let's just pause here for a second and just ask ourselves a few questions. Okay? Does your life preach you or does your life preach Jesus? Are we servants for Jesus' sake or are we consumers for our own sake? Now, here's, here's one that maybe we ought to give some thought to. Do you remember when you were lost in the darkness? Are you sharing that with people how God brought the light into your life? How he illuminated your soul? 
and he can illuminate their soul? Or are you looking at the world and saying these people deserve to go to hell? Does this world see your face or the face of Jesus in you? Let's move on. What makes a good church? Did you ever think about that? What makes a good church? First thing people would probably say if I were to ask people that is, well, you know, pastor. Now, it's not on the pastor, okay? Pastor has something to do with it because he is one of the gifts that he's given to the church. But what makes a good church is when individuals have 2020 vision. It takes all of us, not just the pastor, every one of us. We've got to have 2020 vision. See, without vision, God's people die. It's a vision that is revealed through the Spirit of Jesus living in us. It, it lets us see people the way Jesus sees people. It lets us have a love for the lost the way that Jesus had a love for the lost and the hurting. Somebody asked Helen Keller one time, man, is there anything worse than, than being blind? And she says, absolutely there is. She says, it's, it's having sight but without vision. Having a lack of vision actually makes the Lord sick. I mean, we read about it in Revelation. He's speaking to uh, seven churches, and one of them is the church of Laodicea. And he said, he's saying pretty much, he says, man, you've lost your vision. You've lost it. He says, I know all the things that you do, that you are neither hot or cold. I wish that you were one or the other. Friends, renew your vision by being earnest and repent. Stop pretending, stop being self-sufficient and prideful and turn back to him with a broken and a contrite heart. So, let's go to the second point. What makes a good church? It's exactly the same as the first point. Individuals having 2020 vision. It's got to be every one of us on an individual level that comes together as a corporate body that lets our light shine. Well, I found this poem. I guess you would call it a poem. It's called, What Makes a Good Church? Now, there's one line in here I particularly don't care for, but I'm not going to tell you which line that is. But let me tell you, let me share this poem with you. If all the lazy folks would get up, all the sleeping folks would wake up, all the discouraged folks would cheer up, all the gossiping folks would shut up. All the dishonest folks will confess up. All the estranged folks will make up. All the disgusted folks will sweeten up. All the lukewarm folks will fire up. All the dry bones will shape up. All the sanctified folks will show up. And all the leading folks will pay up. And all the true soldiers will stand up. Then yes, we will have a good church. We're going to wake up, pray up, sing up, teach up, stay up, pay up, and never give up, back up, shut up, until the cause of Christ is built up and then taken up. Hey, our mission never changes. Our mission is right on the wall out there behind the sound booth. Go and make disciples of all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. See, only people who have had their uh, spiritual vision restored, renewed, can do this passionately. In the weeks to come, we're going to review our church vision. On the wall there, discover God through worship, nurture growth through fellowship and teaching, serve Christ in the church and in community. The story is told of how William Carey, now William Carey was the, the fellow who kind of gave us modern day uh, missions, the way missionaries go to different countries now. William Carey started that. And he came up with this rope holder philosophy for ministry. You see this, uh, in India, they had horrible blindness in his day. Some was treatable and some wasn't treatable. In one of the treatable cases, an elderly Indian man uh, with severe cataracts was healed almost miraculously through surgery. After his surgery, he was released and he returned to his native village in a remote section of India. After two weeks, the staff at the medical clinic heard a knock on the door and when they opened the door, there they, met, they were met with the sight of 20 blind men standing in line holding on to a rope. They had walked from the remote village uh, so that they too could have cataract surgery and in front of the rope was the formerly blind man leading the way. Friends, our salvation is possible. My salvation was possible because someone extended a rope to me. Our healing is possible because somebody led us to a place. The question is, who held the rope for you? Do you remember when you came to the Lord? Who led you? Who, who extended the rope to you? And the second question is, who are you holding the rope for? One man says, a vision is a dominant factor that governs your life. It determines all the choices you're making. It's what's left after all the layers are peeled away from your life like an onion. Clinging to glue inside of your rib cage, it's what's on what your mind gravitates toward when it's not legitimately concentrating on something else. It's what determines your friendships, your relationships that you're cultivating. It's what your prayers are about. It's what you dream about, and it's what you give toward. Friends, as it is with the individual believer, so it is with the congregation of believers. We have got to have vision, each one of us and each one of us collectively. See, God has a plan for our church. He's got a plan for us as a congregation. We need to seek to catch a hold of God's vision for our church. Do you have vision this morning, friends? Do you have a God-given dream within you? Do you believe that God is directing us, leading us? Today, we're having an eye examination. The Holy Spirit is 
restoring, renewing our vision, each one of us. And as each one of us has this restored and renewed vision, just think what we could do as a body of believers together. Let's stand. Chris is gonna lead us in a song. And as he does, if God is speaking to your heart, if God is showing you some things, we wanna pray with you. If there's something you wanna share this morning about the vision maybe God has given to you during this service or maybe this week, you didn't even know I was gonna preach on this subject. We'd love to hear it. Share your vision with us. But come, come, Chris is gonna lead us. It's been sung, it's been prayed, countless times throughout time. It's been said a thousand ways by children and kings, poets and like to say it again just let me say it once again I love you Lord I just wanna say I love you Lord as simple as it my heart is found, I love you. It's been sung, it's been prayed, countless times. Throughout time, it's been said a thousand ways by children and kings, poets and priests. I like to say it again. Just let me say it. Once again, I love you, Lord, and I just want to say, I love you, Lord, as simple as it sounds, and you, my heart is found, I love Maybe you've said or you're saying at some time you've said this, I wonder why the church doesn't do this or I wonder why the pastor doesn't do that. Did you ever think that's the Holy Spirit laying vision upon your life? You know, I used to be pretty immature and stuff like this and I had to have my thumb on everything that happened in the church. Yeah, I've grown up since then. If God is laying something on your heart, I will pray for you, I will encourage you, I will try to resource you, I will support you. 
as your pastor. If it's a church ministry, we'll try to get people involved with you. But if God lays it on your heart, don't be hard on the church if they're not doing it. Because God is speaking to you. That's vision, friends. That's vision. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, you would give us clear vision. Lord, better than 2020 vision. Holy Spirit, instill within us, each of us, the will that God has for our life and for the life of our church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do you love Jesus? Sing that again. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I just want to say, I love you, Lord. As simple as it sounds, in you my heart is found. I love you. wanna say I love you Lord as simple as it sounds you my heart is fine. I love you be with us now Lord as we go our separate ways Lord we pray that our lights would shine brightly in a world that's shadowed by the God of this world Father, be with us now in Jesus' name, amen.